All right, we are recording. We are right here. The title, right here. And I have a new co-host today because my uh, man Tyler uh, couldn't make it, so I have my brother Tony Recco here. Say hi to the fans. Howdy, folks. Uh, and I have two very special guests today. They are the baseball coaches here at Lincoln College. Uh, Tony Thomas is the older-looking guy, and Colton Mayall is – this guy uh, with the gaming headset. So, yeah, my, uh, my guests are here. They are both the baseball coach at Lincoln, and Colton actually is the strength and conditioning coach here at Lincoln as well. So, hey, just say hi, guys, and introduce yourselves, and let's uh, start with Colton. You have no mic, Colton. No mic? I can't hear you. How's your audio? He's actually sitting in the same – Room is me. If you, you're still low. If you want to, just just come and sit in with me in the uh, same frame. All right, that works. All right, Cole. Hey, this is gonna be the first time and probably the only time ever that we are gonna sit in the in the same frame here. All right. I mean, unless you get big, then you just invite people and pay them to come on your podcast, yeah, like Joe Rogan. Like what Joe Rogan does. So listen, Colton is uh, going to start, introduce himself, uh, why he's coaching, his ball play in college. So yeah, just tell him where you're from. All right, so I grew up in a small little farm town, about an hour west of Lincoln. It's called Vermont, Illinois, a town of maybe 600 people. Um, no gas station, that type of town. Went to the same high school, grade school, all 12 years. Then I went to Spoon River College, played baseball, actually against Tony for a couple years. Uh, we got a funny story we can tell you about the first time we actually met. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, played two years, then got a call late, about this time, honestly, from a guy I'd never met who'd never seen me play before. Said, hey, come out to Kansas, play baseball. So then I took a seven-hour trip. Lindsborg, Kansas, Bethany College, played two years, graduated two and a half years later. Uh, and then I got a phone call from Tony saying that he was looking for an assistant coach. And it turns out the guy I was playing for worked and played for Tony. So kind of came full circle right there. So Tony actually called you? Yeah. Wow. What's up for all with that? Uh, you know, what like, made you call Colton? Well, uh, Andrew Bartman, who is uh, with USA Baseball right now, was yeah. my uh, former player and former assistant. And uh, was looking for someone. He uh, recommended Colton. So uh, got a hold of Colton. Colton, you know, being uh, close to uh, Lincoln, not too far away. Uh, Illinois guy. Um, been in our conference before uh, because, you know, of course, uh, many people probably don't know that we were a junior college for a long time. And now we're uh, NAI school. So uh, I, I thought it really uh, went hand in hand. Plus, he brings in some attributes that I don't have, like strength and conditioning. And uh, a, a little younger than I am, too. Just to tell you. Yeah, and honestly, I, I uh, moved here to start coaching at Lincoln in September, and, man, I have learned so much from Colton in the strength uh, category. He has taught me so much, like just the proper technique and form. But, yeah, I'll have my uh, brother Tony introduce himself and tell us where he's from and what he's done to <laughs> be here on the podcast. All right. Well, I'm Sam's brother. He started the podcast with Tyler, as you guys have probably already heard. Um, anything he's probably said where he's grown up, I have the same exact story. <laughs> um, we grew up on a 300-acre farm, just work, um, chainsaw, gunwood, wrestling, sports, all that stuff. Um, Sammy went to Edinburgh because um, uh, NCAA double champ Gregor Gillespie, who 
I heard might be on the podcast later. He went to Edinburgh. I followed Sammy. We all wrestled together. We lived together. And I stayed in Edinburgh. I'm still here. Sammy moved to Lincoln. And that's about it right now. Well, uh, share with Colton Tony and the viewers about your uh, fighting and your amateur fights. <laughs> yeah. Because actually, uh, Coach Thomas here uh, always asks about you. So. Okay. Well, after wrestling, um, I think I took I, – I went home to New York for about, I don't know, six to eight months because I really didn't have anything else to do. So I just lived with my parents. And then I eventually wanted to move back to um, Edinburgh just kind of to change something because I felt like I needed to. Once I got back to Edinburgh, I started um, working at a gym, Erie Fitness Academy, right in Edinburgh area area. And they had wrestling mats and they had um, MMA fighters working out there training. So I was like, all right, I have a wrestling background and boxing with my dad when we were young and I knew a little bit. So I just um, started training with them. And then one day, it was like probably two, two or three weeks before like a fight card in Erie. I was like, I want to fight. So I um, texted a couple of people. I called the promoter and she's like, all right, I got a kid, 145 make weight, come fight, get your doctor stuff, get your blood work and everything. So I did all that and felt good. And that was my first fight. <laughs> Ended up winning that fight, third round um, TKO. It was a good yeah. fight. Um, actually, end of the second round, we, um, we traded right hooks and we both dropped each other. Yeah. And <laughs> that was probably the first time in my life I've ever not known what happened. <laughs> Sammy was in my corner. Yeah, and, I was I was actually sitting yeah. in Tony's corner uh, for this. So after they, like, both uh, drop each other in the second round, like, with about, what, probably 10 seconds to go, Yeah, I I was uh, a bit jumpy and a bit nervous. But then uh, going into the third round, I just had a gut feeling like that Tony had him. So once Tony uh, dropped him and, like, just started throwing the hammer fist bombs, I was I was going nuts in the corner. I was going absolutely nuts. And then the, uh, the arrest stopped it, and uh, Tony – got his first win so it was uh, very exciting yeah it was a good time um i'll explain what it went and what it feels like to go out there <laughs> like when he hit me with that hook i went down and then i came back up good thing the round ended i mean kind of i got i went into my corner my um coach jeremiah yeager um he's a pro fighter he's like a, he has like a 500 record um i asked him i was like do we headbutt because i was like there's no way this kid caught me with a right hand <laughs> <laughs> So then he's like, no, he's like, you got dropped. <laughs> so honestly, it's weird. It rejuvenated me. Like I was starting to get a little tired, but when I came back up, I felt like I didn't even fight yet. And third round came out and just, yeah, it was good from there. Yeah, it must have been, yeah. Maybe for your next fight, I can bring uh, Coach Tony and Colt with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Coach Thomas here loves the uh, UFC oh, yeah. fighters, huh? I do, I do. I enjoy watching that. Okay. And a uh, fun fact uh, for the viewers here, which not many people know, and I don't think I've shared this yet, but uh, both uh, Matt Hughes and Corey Anderson, the uh, big names in the UFC, are uh, both wrestled here at uh, Lincoln College. So that's a pretty cool. Uh, coach Thomas has talked to them both many times, huh, Coach? Well, I do. Uh, actually, uh, Mark Hughes actually was in town the other day, and uh, 
and gave me and my wife, Bridget, who also works at Lincoln College, a call. I wasn't able, I had a recruit on campus, so I wasn't able to go eat lunch, but my wife was able to go uh, say hi, eat lunch with them. Uh, Corey Anderson uh, worked for, for my wife in the, uh, in the housing department here at Lincoln College. And, uh, and uh, like I said, you know, everybody is aware of what Matt's done with his success uh, in the UFC. But uh, it, it was really fun. And you guys are a little, little younger. So, you know, I, I remember those fights with, when, when Matt uh, know, won his championship and also lost his championship and, and, and those. But we had big, uh, big gatherings in our garage with a lot of our friends and came over and watched the uh, – pay-per-views and, uh, you know, uh, really supported him. And uh, I think I showed Sam the other day. I've got uh, pretty much all his uh, championship posters uh, in, in my garage. So, uh, you know, it, it was fun to fun to watch him, uh, you know, succeed. And, you know, it was definitely heartbreaking when he got beat. But uh, it, it's a tough sport, and you, you got to admire those guys for, uh, you know, putting themselves in that position uh, w with their athletic ability and, and uh, you know, understanding. But uh, – you know, I, I applaud I applaud every one of them. Uh, no matter if they're zero and thirty five or thirty five and zero, they they uh, they they do uh, some hard work and some uh, dedication to to put themselves there. And uh, actually, uh, Matt Hughes is only one of two people to beat George St. Pierre, huh? With uh, Matt Serra. Well, yeah, I think uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we were we were talking about that the other day, but. Uh, yeah, his uh, his fights are, were fun to watch, especially when uh, you know, predominantly with those wrestling things. You know, he really worked mm -hmm. hard on his uh, boxing and stand up, but uh, you know, he was known for that wrestling uh, power, strength, and and he he, he kicked me to back one time. Uh, funny story is we're at practice <laughs> and uh, we're at baseball practice in at Lincoln College uh, before we had the uh, Lincoln Center. We all had to practice in what we consider the old gym now, and. Uh, uh, they had a big wrestling uh, tournament the next day, so they were going to have the mats pulled out. But we had practice from, uh, I think it was 7 to 9 that night. So uh, all of a sudden, uh, we're getting ready to condition. And uh, the side doors open, and I paid attention to yell and go. And all of a sudden, I have, uh, I have a, a big paw on my shoulder. I have a big paw on my left shoulder. And I look back, <laughs> and I got both Hughes boys uh, standing right behind me, along with Mark Fioria, who uh, trained him a little. And he was also a Lincoln College graduate. So uh, my guys' eyes light up, and they're like, "Oh, we had we introduced him and stuff." So uh, uh, he he came back and uh, uh, did some good things uh, for for not only uh, me as an individual and and uh, our family, but uh, for Lincoln College. Yeah, and uh, I will never uh, forget when Matt Hughes slammed that guy off the top of the octagon. Yep. That, that like <laughs> one part just uh, sticks with me, and is a is a part of why I got into the UFC, and and also. Which I know uh, both ponies here probably have seen this, but the fight that got me into loving the UFC was when Dan Henderson knocked out Michael Bisping. Oh, yeah. Jumped on him all with the flying bow. And mm -hmm. I mean, we all have our favorites, of course, with no yeah. questions. And, and I don't want to say I have a favorite here or there and, and I get around the country and somebody come and knock on my door and say, hey, you don't like me. No. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a fight that was. Uh, uh, pretty fun to watch, but uh, Chuck Liddell was one of my favorite too. Oh yeah, Chuck was. Yeah, yeah he was a pioneer. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. When uh, when Chuck knocked out Tito in that second fight, man, it was it, that was awesome. <laughs> I I uh, I still uh, go back and watch those clips from time to time. But yeah, uh, not only uh, Matt Hughes from Lincoln College, but also Corey Anderson who wrestled heavyweight here at Lincoln, right? 
Um, yeah, Corey came in, um, you know, you, everybody knows, well, I don't know if they know, Corey came into Lincoln College kind of uh, underrated and stuff like that as a wrestler and, you know, was, was, was kind of out of shape. He has worked his tail off to, to put himself in the position he has with, uh, you know, not only strength and conditioning, but nutrition and, and, and other facts and other, you know, ideas about what it needs to, to become a, uh, a, you know, become someone that can uh, succeed at that level. Which I think he can do, honestly. He's a very talented fighter. Yeah, so uh, next I just uh, wanted to get in, like, uh, kind of uh, what made the both of you want to get into uh, college coaching and, you know, just coaching uh, young student athletes and, like, what, uh, you know, uh, made y'all motivated to coach at this level. And I'll start with Colton. Uh, so, like we said earlier, it was really, honestly, I was standing in the weight room one day with one of my teammates, and we were working out, and Bartman walked up and said, hey, come over here, I got to talk to you. My first thought was, oh, crap, what do I do now, right? <laughs> he walks up, or I walk over to him, and he goes, what do you want to do after you graduate? And I, that was the first time I even started thinking about that question, because we were like three, four months away from the semester being over, and I was going to be done in January or something. And I was like, I don't know, I'm probably just going to go back home and look for a job. And he said, will you ever think about coaching? And I was like, you mean like high school? He goes, no, like college. I said, well, I mean, if there's a spot, I'd take it. And he goes, well, Lincoln College is looking for a guy. Call this guy, Tony Thomas. And then you got to call his wife, Bridget, too, because when I first got here, you wanted to be an assistant coach. You also had to work in res life and live in the dorms and be an adult, all right? Mm -hmm. So that was something <laughs> I was not even used to because in college, I was the farthest thing from an RA you could find, and now I turned into one. So... <laughs> Kind of got thrown into it, got here. Um, it was a little awkward at first, I feel like, because I'd literally just left a school where guys, these guys I'm coaching could have been on my team. So the first couple of years were a little weird for me, um, but then I kind of settled in, just started watching Tony, figuring out how to do stuff, called Bartman, uh, other teammates that got into coaching as well and just collaborated with people. But honestly, just watching Tony and the things he's done, because he's been coaching baseball longer than I've been breathing air. So he knows a thing or two. So. Fact. <laughs> How many years, Coach? Uh, this will be my uh, 28th year as head coach. 31st year overall. I was an assistant yeah. for three years. And, and, and Colton's, you know, Colton kind of hit it on the head. Um, you know, I played two years at Lincoln College, so uh, he understands how valuable Lincoln College really is to me. Uh, as an individual, it gave me an opportunity as a young uh, student athlete to get my start. And uh, without Lincoln College, I can truly sit here and say I'm not sure where I'd be right now in life. Um, but uh, after I graduated, I went to Milliken University, which is a Division three school in my hometown of Decatur, Illinois. Um, and then in 1990, you know, Colton thinking he was young, I came straight out of college, became an assistant coach at Lincoln College, and I also become an adult RA. So I started my life uh, as a, as a, a whole uh, representative also. So uh, in 1993, at the age of 25, our head coach that I was under for three years decided that he had enough, and uh, they gave it to a 25-year-old. Um, and, you know, I had to live uh, two years in a dorm as resident hall director, <laughs> even as head coach. So uh, um, I've had a, a path that's uh, right place, right time, uh, I guess, to uh, say, say it pretty simple. Um, but I've uh, been there uh, going into my 28th year. Uh, really, really love the junior college system. 
many people probably don't know that we've uh, gone to NAI over the last, uh, this will be our third year for the NAI. So I'm seeing a different realm of, uh, you know, junior and seniors. I had to prepare my freshmen and sophomores for their junior and senior year academically and uh, athletically, but now I get to keep them and uh, prepare them for, uh, for life and uh, for their future of uh, whatever that might be. But, uh, you know, for me to be there for those guys is uh, very inspirational. I, a unique opportunity. I've got to coach my son for the last four years. Uh, but, uh, you know, all 350 kids that I've had uh, over the last uh, 28 years are, are, are my sons with no questions. But, uh, you know, academically, uh, family-oriented, uh, all those aspects have come into play of what, what I, I represent Lincoln College and uh, those, uh, those student-athletes for. And, and it's been fun. Um, with, with no questions. Uh, early in my career, I was, I was pretty tough on, on guys. I've kind of lightened up a little uh, with no questions. Like but uh, older coaches and do what? Like, like our father, Tony. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you kind of, you, you know, times change a little and you, you have to uh, adjust year in, year out, especially as a, as a junior college um, with, with uh, what you have and what you don't have. Uh, at the four-year school now, we have the, uh, the upperclassmen to, to lead the way a little more. So it's lightened the load, I think, a little. I think last year uh, we had a couple of uh, uh, guys that were able to, um, you know, take uh, – I don't want to say they didn't take responsibility, but, but uh, take a little more responsibility and uh, help us as coaches understand to teach the freshmen and sophomores this is what he likes, this is what he doesn't like, you know, things in that nature. So, uh, you know, I think over the next couple of years uh, – that junior senior class is really going to be uh, uh, a positive for me and uh, our coaching staff with uh, with helping teach. But uh, you know, we 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 have had many academic all Americans. We've had many team GPAs over 300 over the years. Um, our academic success has been wonderful. We had six. Uh, we had five or six. I can't remember. Colton, uh, six academic all Americans this year. We had 14. 14 AII all-conference academic and uh, my uh, my son Ryan um, who has a GPA of a 3.93 graduated with uh, uh, won the uh, Lehman Award which is the highest uh, recipient for a, a, an athletic academic uh, student at Lincoln College so uh, uh, me and my wife were really proud of him but but coaching got me to this point and uh, I wasn't for sure if I wanted to coach right away but uh, um, I, uh, I fell in the right path and, uh, it, it's been fun and I'm only 50, uh, 52. So hopefully I have a few more years left. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, what makes your baseball team so efficient in the classroom? Uh, <laughs> you don't want to upset coach Thomas. <laughs> I am pretty serious. No, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, um, you know, I may start talking a little about uh, Lincoln College and the past teams. Uh, the past teams have represented me well in the classrooms. So, so I, I truly believe that they pass that down from year to year and uh, they want to be the highest GPA. They want to be the highest individual team to have the most academic All-Americans, the most all-conference academic All-Americans. But I preach, uh, I preach, you know, if you don't want to go to class, you don't want to get the best possible grades you can get, we're not going to get along. And uh, 
some people have found that that's true, but you know, I'm here to help you as an individual. And, and when I say best possible grades, you know, if a kid has a, a cat class or a, a, an English class or something that he is not particularly fond of, you know, we want them to push to get the best possible grade they can. If it's a C, it's a C. But, uh, you know, we, we want A's and B's and we want everybody to graduate with 3.0 or better. And, and that's what we preach when uh, we recruit. And this year's freshman class is uh, – I have a few 24 ACTs, I have a few 22, so uh, they might be one of the brightest ones uh, overall with uh, their ACTs or SAT scores that uh, indicate that it's going to take place. Yeah, and honestly, if I could uh, go back and change one thing in life, it's probably to not only try harder in, in the college classroom, but to put more effort in. Because honestly, my freshman, sophomore year of college, I was slacking off and I did all the wrong things. And I, and I wish I could take that back because I only graduated like with a 2.5 GPA. When my brother here, Tony, graduated like with a 3.0 or higher. And uh, honestly, a Tony, uh, he was always on our academic team. So I will yep. him, uh, share with you that experience of dominating. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a whole family guy. He just doesn't dominate in other areas too. Yeah, I'm the black sheep, I guess. <laughs> Once I went to Edinburgh and me and Sammy, I got lucky. I didn't have to live on campus. Um, I lived with Sammy off, off um, campus and that was when he started to pick it up once I started because <laughs> he couldn't get showed up by me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you put just, a, I mean, for me, I don't know how it is for everybody, but just a little bit of effort in the college academics, like you're going to do good. If you just talk to your professors, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to not do good. I think I ended with a 3.2 and I graduated in um, three, three, three years. years. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. So I left, I left with still two years of eligibility for wrestling. Um, I just, I mean, I didn't see any reason to stay after I graduated, but yeah. Um, academic wise, if you just go to class, that's the biggest thing people don't do. <laughs> just do your work. It's really easy. Not gonna lie. It is. Yeah, and I found that out my like at the end of my second, the beginning of my third year. Yeah, Colton, how are your grades in college? Oh well, you know, living in a small town, going home every night, mom and dad make you do your homework. <laughs> an hour and a half away, you go to your room at the end of the night, nobody's there. So uh, my first semester was a little bit of an experience. I actually walked into a, one of my classes final, and the teacher looked at me and said, what are you doing here? I said, well, the final. And she said, even if you ace this, which you won't, you still won't pass my class. <laughs> so that was a little bit of a uh, wake-up moment for me right there. Uh, yeah, so now I preach to the guys kind of like what Tony just said. Go to class, turn your work in, and you can don't do terrible on the test, and guess what? You're going to yeah. graduate college mm -hmm. in a couple years. Yeah. Just doing those simple things. So, uh, exactly. Coach Thomas, uh, you know, what uh, uh, do you look for, like, out of juniors and seniors in high school to make sure that they don't turn out like, and I, and I don't uh, want to say me, but like somebody like that fails out, like, you know, uh, uh, which traits are like uh, both uh, you and Colton like searching for? So, like, somebody you know. is a great student athlete. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess if I had that answer, I would be a millionaire with no questions. Ah, uh, you know, early in my life, you know, 
early in my life with 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 baseball, I you know I looked for kids that you know wanted to be at Lincoln College with no no questions that kind of fit what you know my ideas were. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't give up a little athletic ability to to get a, a, a better kid, but there's probably times I have done that. Um, I want someone that wants to put forth the effort. I want someone that is willing to, uh, you know, go a little extra mile to, to, to help out. Um, I'm a big individual believer and I, and I believe that you have to take care of yourself. That's not be selfish towards your teammates uh, or, or baseball field or other aspects, but uh, you know, I want, I want guys that, that want to be there. Um, that want to learn. Um, I still have to teach with some of our uh, our players with no questions, uh, uh, some ideas and some concepts on the baseball field. Uh, you know, we have a young man that uh, I won't say his name or anything, but uh, um, really um, didn't put forth the effort. He, he put forth the effort, but, you know, struggled a little as freshman and sophomore year. And he's actually going to be a fifth-year senior. That's going to narrow it down quite a bit. Um, but uh, he's going to be a fifth-year senior. And, uh, you know, last year he got over a 3.0 for the first time because, you know, not only is he in his major, but uh, he, he's kind of sitting there thinking, hey, he's been teaching the right thing and preaching the right thing. It's, it's up to me to get that done. Um, but I want, I want people that are, are passionate about the game of baseball, people that are passionate about, uh, about supporting uh, not only themselves, but their teammates. And I want people that are passionate about Lincoln college, because like I said, I'm a graduate also. It's not like I walked through the doors and became a, uh, a baseball coach at this institution. I'm a graduate. Uh, my wife's a graduate. My, uh, my daughter's a graduate. Ryan Thomas, my son is a graduate. Um, my brother-in-law, uh, my mother and father-in-law both work there. So we do have, family ties with Lincoln College um, and uh, you know I, I do bleed purple and as you as everybody makes fun of me I wear purple every day I think I would I, I could probably wear purple uh, seven days a week for 30 straight days with no questions so um, I, I want guys that want to be there and yeah. and and want to represent Lincoln College proudly and you know uh, what makes Lincoln College uh, so special in your eyes it gave me an opportunity. It's given me my whole life. And that's what, that's what I don't think uh, some of my guys understand sometimes. It gave me a start as, a, as an athlete. Um, and my sophomore year was probably, uh, in between my freshman and sophomore year in college, was probably the real first time I thought I, I wanted to be a, co a coach. I'm not saying a college coach. I, you know, I, expected to, to, to go maybe go to high school or be an assistant for a, a while before I even came close to being a head coach. Um, but I'll give you an example, a gentleman by the name of Rob McDonald, who was my uh, head coach, uh, my sophomore year at Lincoln College. I had four college head coaches. People don't realize that. So I had four different philosophies to learn four different years. But Rob McDonald uh, became the head coach my sophomore year. And I, I'm down in Bradenton, Florida, working for the summer. And he calls me. And this is probably why I'm so truthful with my guys, which sometimes, uh, you know, I think we all have an idea. We're 18 years old. I don't want to listen to it, but yet, you know, he's right. But, uh, but um, he, he called me, he goes, Hey, he goes, uh, uh, Rob McDonald, uh, I just got the head job. Niles, Niles left. I didn't know if you heard. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Uh, he went to Kent Key Community College after my freshman year, our, our head coach, my freshman year. So Rob goes, I have a better third baseman than you coming in. 
So you're going to be a backup as a sophomore. I want you on the team. I think you're uh, a good player. You, you have great ability uh, when it comes to understanding the game, uh, kind of the, that, coaching, uh, that coaching thought process. Um, but he goes, I, I'd like you to catch for me. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, I'd like you to catch. I, I need a catcher. I'm like, I can handle that. I go from third to catching. So I was very thankful that he was truthful with me that day and honest. And, and that really has helped me as a coach uh, start my process. But the bottom line is I hung up the phone and about 10 seconds later, I go, what the, you know, I might've said a few words. I'm going to be a backup catcher. His brother was going to be the starter because Andy was my age and uh, Andy was six, three, about two fifteen, And I'm about five foot. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. He's a big boy. But Andy ended up, uh, like I said, a lot of my stories are right place, right time. Andy hurt his back. So Andy had to move to DH in first base. So I got the starting spot. So, you know, uh, somebody was on my side uh, for a long time. And, you know, it just trickled down from there. Yeah, that's a, a pretty good story and a good timing, good good placement. And uh, I and uh, honestly, that was a good uh, story of why Lincoln's so special to you and the whole Thomas family. Right. So, so now I'm going to uh, switch things over to a uh, Colton here and uh, Tony, my brother can feel free to hop in anytime. Um, I, I was uh, going to ask Colton uh, how he balances uh, strength and conditioning and baseball coaching like uh, yearly. So, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of just worked itself out. Cause when I first got here, I was just baseball did our strength only with an RA. So, Really, all my time was focused into my guys and my guys only. Um, so that worked itself out. So I'd get done working, and we'd have to work four or six-hour shifts in the evening. So I had a lot of downtime to get stuff done and be productive or be lazy and watch TV. Happened a lot, too. Um, but then I asked JJ, the swim coach, if he would allow me to kind of watch a couple swim meets with them and then kind of help with their lifting because I just think it's cool to see how athletes move differently in different sports and how you can develop them in the weight room to make them move better in their given sport. That's how I go after things when it into the strength conditioning world. But like, then I got wrestling this last, the last two years. Um, and so wrestling, we lift at 6 a.m. Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, usually. Yeah. So I'm in there 5:30 ish on most days and then go eat breakfast, come back to work, work in the fitness center, which I also manage on our campus. Um, I'm up there most days from about eight till about two in the afternoon, go to practice. And then really depends on where I can fit it in around baseball. Like there's a lot of times I haven't been to the wrestling lifts because during your guys' season, you move it back in the afternoon. Yep. And well, I'm a baseball coach too. So I got to be over there. And that kind of on my hierarchy takes over strength conditioning. Although I, that's what I went to school for. It's what I love to do to develop athletes. But baseball was my first love. It was the first sport I was ever really mm. good at. So that's just, baseball's it for me. And uh, honestly, both uh, uh, me and Tony can kind of uh, talk about this. Uh, the like both of us at Edinburgh uh, didn't really have a strength coach, so it was kind of our own wrestling coaches uh, thinking that they that they knew stuff when maybe really they didn't, but uh, gave us certain programs and like certain lifts when maybe it wasn't the best option. So I uh, come here at Lincoln and a uh, much smaller campus and like atmosphere than Edinburgh and I see Colton just doing such a good job here like his strength uh programs and his uh coaching and it's just awesome because you know I and Tony here uh didn't quite have that and like right Tony it was uh kind of tough yeah it was uh different than 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to talk. I don't know. You never know who's listening. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah. I think it could have been a lot different. To, I think it's to where what uh, the other Tony said. Like as you're getting older, you have to adapt to the different styles now of kids and just it's just not you know we're more advanced as humans and we know what's better for people and like people get stuck in their old ways and actually what they're doing isn't helping their athletes it's actually hurting them so that may be where yeah that's the old school coaches were at in Edinburgh not saying they weren't good coaches but no I totally get it man like the stuff I do in the weight room now if you look back at when I first got here oh yeah I'd have probably Mm -hmm. kicked myself in the ass yeah the shit I had my guys doing yeah but yeah. the more you collaborate the more information you get especially in that world like even when you guys were in school the stuff you should have been doing has probably changed now oh yeah it's over because they mm-hmm. do research we find all these studies out yes it's just insane i read i've read probably since quarantine started probably about 25 books just different authors on different aspects of lifting strength conditioning breathing just all sorts of stuff that ties into your physical being they say a lot in those books so mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, like like my uh, brother Tony said, like um, times change, and you know, uh, some coaches uh, roll with the changes, and uh, some don't. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that my college coaches are, like are bad people, but um, like I'm not saying that. But uh, obviously, uh, having a strength and conditioning coach definitely benefits the athletes who are looking to win national titles or becoming all American or be a great student athlete. And I just love what a uh, Colton's doing at Lincoln. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he does a good yeah. job. Does a really good job. Try to. Try to do the best thing. It, it saves me time. <laughs> yeah. How so? I just sit and watch. I just sit and watch now. I don't have to He's sit there and if somebody's slowing down, I just walk up to him and saying, uh, you want to stay the, you want to stay in this room or do you want to go home? <laughs> That's pretty simple. And then Colton can continue to do what he needs to do yeah. and uh and that. But uh he, he does a really good job and uh uh, yeah, it, it definitely saves me time and uh, energy uh, to, to worry about other things. I'm usually on my phone texting guys, <laughs> recruits, whatever, while he's in there and, and getting that done. Yeah, so uh, next, I was – I would just uh, – Yeah, we'll go – I have a question for Colton. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, do you um, specialize your lifts, like, sport-specific, or are you kind of generalized? Or? Uh, it depends. So, like – so I'll just put this here. So like with my wrestlers, they're not going to do the same things that the swimmers and my baseball players do just because mm-hmm. swimmers and baseball players are overhead athletes and wrestlers, you guys are insane. You want to go as hard as you can for as long as you can. They it's are like a marathon. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would not be able to do it because I, I catch, so I don't have to run a long way. So. Yeah. But I mean, I do it based off sport movement. Like yeah, okay. I'm not going to have these swimmers overhead pressing or bench pressing to see how much they can do. I'd rather yeah. have them have strong glutes, hips, hamstrings, calves, mm. make their kicks better. Like with wrestlers, I have our guys work their grip a lot, work their neck. I had a kid last year, I had him doing neck planks on a physio ball. And he's like, I've never done these before. I said, yeah, you probably got a weak neck then. <laughs> and then like I've taught so many kids how to squat properly, how to just deadlift the right way. Um, it's yeah, I don't know, based off movement of sports, how I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I, I – uh, to answer your question, Tony, my brother, um, I I uh, lifted with obviously the wrestling team and uh, a couple swimmers too, and the baseball team a couple times. So I I noticed a big change in the uh, style and you know uniqueness of the program, if that's mm. a word, which yeah. I think it is. 
Oh yeah, and the way <laughs> I do it, I mean, I'm gonna. I try to be as unique for each individual athlete as I can, but with three different sports. The wrestlers, you guys had what 27 people. We had 20 some on the baseball team, and there was 18 or 19 swimmers. So making each, because I use sheets to let them know what they got to do, how many times. Because you know, college athletes are athletes; they're not always the brightest. So you got to give them a little thing to use. True. Um, but it would take a long time. But I have binders. I have seven binders for my time being here, just the strength conditioning stuff. And it is in period, periodical mm -hmm. order of when they started and when they ended. And if you look through those sheets, and we do have max out days. I'm averaging like lift their kids will add a hundred pounds to their total, which we squat bench and deadlift on our totals. So mm -hmm. to me, if I can make them a little bit stronger in the weight room, that's going to make their sport skill better because they can now move their body easier. That's the way yeah. I kind of gotcha. How often do you change the workout? I go, been going in four week mesos. Okay. Um, I might switch it a little bit this year because I've been Getting into the conjugate method is what it's called. Uh, it was huge in Ohio. Louis Simmons, Westside Barbell, a bunch of powerlifters started it. And then he's actually developed it for different athletics. Like he has books for swimming, books for wrestling, baseball, basketball, just. And he does all of his research off of what the Russians used to do back in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. It was all their weightlifting. And then he kind of put his own twist on it. And that's what I do. I just get ideas from everybody, really, and kind of make it my own. Okay. Yeah. True. Yeah. Nowadays, you got to be a sponge. You got to learn from everybody else. Awesome. Yeah. Especially with the internet. You can, I mean, people nowadays that don't know something, just Google it. Google YouTube it. it. <laughs> Which, I mean, sometimes, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, both. I think yeah. it's good. Yeah. Right now, with me doing like odd jobs, so I'll do like carpets or flooring or roofing or something. My boss is like, if you don't know how to do something, just uh, YouTube it. Because I work by myself. So he's like, just YouTube it and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so i'll just watch youtube video for 10 minutes and then do it <laughs> like, yeah. like same thing with light, weightlifting you can just um yeah. you know and that's what i do in the summer like i'll have a bunch of athletes hey you wrote this on our program and i'm not quite sure what it is or how to do it and then i find a link that i think is sufficient and, yeah. and tell them yeah. when they could have done it <laughs> yeah well there's a lot of garbage out there on the internet is what i'll True. throw out especially in the fitness mm. world uh people like their likes and subscribe so they'll kind of mm. do anything for that we got to kind of weed through those to get to the people who actually know what they're doing and want people to better themselves the right way and not get hurt. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Coach Thomas, uh, you know, how do you uh, think uh, strength training uh, plays a factor like in baseball? Well, uh, I, we are a quick, uh, explosive sport. We don't, we don't, we don't run forever. You know, we, we don't need that longevity, you know, it, it's quick little things. I mean, you know, you, I, I think my biggest example would be uh, Colton would probably agree. We had a six, 260 pound shortstop come in as a freshman that was decently strong, but probably pound for pound is, is one of our strongest guys uh, right now, four years later. Uh, but that long lengthy strength, uh, the core strength, uh, you know, those little things that we need for baseball, but uh, um, we, we do a really good job in the weight room um, overall. To help us out. I mean, you know, we'll we'll look at the body types and if we want to make him a power hitter. Not that we have a ton of power hitters, but a guy that's a little stronger, maybe you know, we allow him a, a little more uh, a little more strength with that. But uh, you know, our infielders, we get the flexibility and the long, lengthy strength that uh, that uh, is kind of a, a little more longevity, quick explosion, not longevity in the sense of running long, but uh, uh, that long, lengthy strength, kind of like oh. a, a tall wrestler. Mm. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, how do uh, players in the majors get, get hurt so easily then? Like, uh, uh, maybe Cole can answer this, uh, maybe you, but man, I am, I'm always seeing like a pulled hamstring or something. I, you know, I, they're just not used to yeah. doing any, any type of activity. <laughs> any, <laughs> anytime they explode off a hit, they're just pulling a hammy. Right. <laughs> I'm right. just kidding. Yeah. That's well, I mean, with, except for this year, 162 game season. That's, yeah. that's yeah. a long time to play yeah. baseball. Plus, yeah, it's it is. traveling and in and out of mm. cars and in and out of I agree. Yeah. Signing autographs, it's got to wear on you. And eventually, your body can only take so much stress. And then yeah. you see the guy, oh, I bruised my toe. And you're like, that guy's out for five days because he's got a <laughs> bruised toe. But you, yep. don't know, you don't know what his other two months before that looked like. True, yeah. yeah well, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, Colton's I – mean, I caught I caught as a sophomore. Colton's yeah. caught his whole life. But Colton, actually, when he was at Spoon River, was a two-way guy. He, he, he was a starting pitcher and a catcher. I don't know how he made it. I don't know how he's still walking. I don't know how he's still throwing with that shoulder. But, uh, nice. yeah, 160. <laughs> I mean, when you look at Yachty or Molina, and me being a Cardinal fan, yeah. I'm going to use Yachty. Uh, you know, Contreras with the Cubs, no questions. They, they catch 100, 120-plus games in a year. And, 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 you know, I remember Javi uh, – Javi uh, Lopez uh, with the the, the uh, Braves one year was talking about how he tries to go in at uh, you know two fifteen two twenty and by the end of the season he's at one ninety five again um, because he just loses that uh, and, and and that that has a factor of why maybe you know you do get a little injury there too with no questions yeah, but it and, just uh, wears it's wearing yeah. tear mm-hmm. yeah you know, how many games are there in the uh, college season like a big- uh, well, well, we're allowed. Uh, we're allowed. Um, what fifty five? I think in Tennessee, I don't even know. Like, we, 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 yeah, fifty at fifty five without postseason. We're allowed. As the yeah. D one level, like the uh, games. Yeah, they're right around there. I don't even know what D one is right now, honestly. Yeah, but they're, uh, but they're, they're somewhere similar, around there. Yeah, they're, they're probably similar uh, with that. And now the Division two this year uh, just announced not too long ago that they're uh, they're dropping to the D three. Uh, uh, criteria and they're only going to be able to play 40 games this year um, based off of uh, based off of potential corona but I think uh, you know I think every school is going to ha- have the factory you know budget wise too it's it's going to really hamper uh, all sports this year with uh, budgets so you know a lot of schools are saying hey can you take you know five six seven games uh, out of your schedule just because of yeah. budget purposes and mm. stuff with money so um, but overall, yeah, around 50, uh, 50 plus games usually within a uh, year for uh, all levels. Uh, Division three, I think, is 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 forty only. And uh, you know, I I asked my last guest this: uh, uh, who's the national finalist, uh, Hayden from North Carolina State? I like asked him uh, his his first thoughts of being seated, and I think he was first or second with uh, Ryan Deacon from Northwestern. But he was seated first or second at the national tournament, and then COVID hit. And I'm sure, like, you know, that moment, like, just absolutely heartbreaking. So, uh, you know, uh, basically, what were, like, uh, like uh, uh, both of y'all's uh, first thoughts, like, after hearing the COVID and, like, knowing, like, hey, listen, this, this season probably won't happen. Because I'm sure for a lot of student athletes and coaches in the spring sports and, and the D1 level of wrestling were just crushed. Well, Colton's, uh, Colton's going to know my reactions, and he's going to start seeing me look away a little bit because uh, you don't understand. My son was a senior this year for me, and uh, we were in Florida. And, you know, I'll tell you what, in, in including your, 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 two, your two buddy wrestlers, uh, uh, my team grew up uh, from a Monday to a Friday 
really, really quick. And, and I don't mean grew up in a bad way. Um, they, they started to understand that, uh, you know, they're hearing Disney was going to close on the Saturday that we were coming home. And when Disney closes, there's, there's, there's a serious issue going on in this, mm-hmm. uh, in, in this world. But, uh, um, Thursday night, uh, we'd already, uh, we'd got down there and we're, we're in, uh, the Orlando, Florida area for spring break, uh, for baseball. And, uh, we, uh, we win two games on Thursday night. Um, they're starting to be, you know, certain things closing down the NSA tournament, uh, conference tournaments, uh, you know, everything's starting to, uh, to go away. So, you know, we know we're either going to get called home or we're going to be able to finish and then we're going to get home and then probably, you know, send the guys somewhere else. So there was a lot of questions. Uh, you know, my wife is the dean of students there. So uh, um, she was in touch with our VPs and the president and things in that nature, trying to, you know, give us an idea of what's taking place. Uh, but, but they were still unsure of what was taking place. But uh, that Thursday night, we had a, uh, we had a meeting, a couple guys had some questions. Um, you know, my wife does a, a great job of trying to explain things. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, towards the end, she looked up and saw Ryan Thomas standing there and kind of teared up and, uh, you know, kind of everybody, you know, got that look on their face, like, you know, you know, it's about us, but, you know, coach Thomas had been here and, you know, Ryan's a senior and, uh, you know, his, his mom's trying to explain to the situation and it's tough, but, uh, um, they kept asking, we're playing Friday, right? We're playing Friday. Yeah, we're going to play tomorrow. Well, what if they tell us we can't? We're playing tomorrow. We're going to play tomorrow. We'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll finish that. But we did have the opportunity to play that last game and use it as a senior day. Um, you know, Colton will tell you that uh, um, we got ready to warm up and uh, uh, nobody seemed to want to play catch with Ryan. And uh, so I look at Colt and Colt looks at me and goes, get out there. So I, you know, I played catch with my son possibly for the last time um, at that moment for about 20 minutes. And uh, everybody got done playing. It was still me and him out there by ourselves. But uh, this has affected, uh, you know, a, a lot of situations around the country from all sports to, you know, everything from, from religion to, you know, politics to everything. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, Never, ever want to say the wrong thing by any means. Um, but, uh, you know, change uh, sometimes is good. Sometimes, you know, is bad. But, uh, you know, the idea of understanding what this is about for us to get back to uh, our normal lives, we, we, we have to follow some guidelines uh, uh, within, within reason with no questions. But uh, the guys did a great job with it um, overall. Um, still miss them. I wish we could have finished our season. Um, uh, lucky enough, you know, uh, a few of them get their eligibility back. So Ryan and, and Kobe and, you know, KJ, if he decides to, can come back and play one more year, get that extra two semesters and, uh, you know, finish their senior year properly. And hopefully we, uh, we, we fight, keep fighting through this uh, um, w- with open minds and, and not too much of a, of a closed mind. So uh, we, we let everybody back into uh, what we need to get accomplished uh, as individuals. Yeah, and, you know, I'm I'm sure that uh, that moment out there on the on the field with your son was probably uh, pretty special. Like knowing that hey, this season's probably a wash, but uh, yeah, like it uh, it like makes me almost tear up and uh, kind of sad, honestly. Oh, it's a wonder I did. It's it, yeah. it's a wonder I just didn't do it. But yeah, it was it was probably honestly besides the first day I saw him. Um, you know, we have some backstories that I, I can't get into right now in the sense of, of 
you know, Ryan wears a number 17 for a certain reason. And the first day I, you know, and Colton was with me and, uh, you know, when I had to write number 17 back in the lineup after a 12 year hiatus, um, and, uh, you know, I see Ryan run out there for the first time and, you know, Colton probably had indication. I, I wrote the line out the night before uh, we got to our game because I didn't think I could do it that day. Um, so I already had it written out and, and, and stuff. And, uh, you know, besides that first day that I saw him wear number 17 for the first time, that, that, that was a pretty special moment for me with, with him as an individual. I have a lot of special moments with all my baseball players. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, but, but with Ryan, it was, uh, it was really special. Yeah, and I'm sure that that uh, that moment is one that uh, you will never forget. So now I'll ask Colton his uh, first thoughts on hearing the news and knowing that the season was probably over. Yeah, I mean, it was – so we get down there and it already kind of been started for a little bit. So I was like, all right, how, how bad is this about to get, you know, because flu viruses and all that. In the beginning, they were comparing it to that because we didn't know any better. So in my head, I'm like, oh, whatever, this will be fine. It's just another one of those things. And like he said, they started shutting the Disney down and the SEC basketball tournament got canceled and they canceled the March Madness. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy. And then we got – Bridget had got that call from the VPs and just the way she – because I worked for Bridget for three years and I picked up a little bit of her gives on attitudes and how she's feeling and information type of things. But just the way her body uh, language was, I was like, this is not something that's really good. There must be conversation with we're not going to be here much longer going on. Um, it was just a real, real emotional night that Thursday night in that room for a lot of reasons, um, not just sadness. People were probably scared, didn't know what was coming. Uh, it was just it was just crazy, man, honestly. Nothing like mm -hmm. this has ever happened before. Not, I mean, no. since I've been breathing anyway. Yeah. And you guys are young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's still a lot more – that can happen. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, like during those, uh, like during that moment, uh, during these crazy times and like just hearing that saddening news, uh, how, how did the both of you guys, uh, kind of comfort the baseball team? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a great question because, uh, you know, I, you know, you want to be that strong leader, but yet, you know, you're still a little vulnerable as a coach with no questions. You still have a family. Uh, you still have, uh, you know, mom and dads that are a little, mine are a little, a lot older than, than theirs. Um, you know, just talking about um, understanding what's taking place, making sure you're following uh, procedures if they come into effect. You know, we, we didn't know. We, we knew when we got home on, on, on uh, Sunday that they were going to have to, uh, they were going to have to, um, uh, head home uh, for another week of break and then it extended, but uh, trying to make sure they were okay, uh, understanding any questions, uh, just making sure they got home uh, properly, um, safely, and uh, they had uh, an idea of, uh, um, you know, what was going on home because, you know, we did have kids from out of state. Uh, we had kids from the, the yeah, yeah. The, from, uh, yeah, we had, we had an Ecuadorian uh, that also is a soccer player and uh, he did a tremendous job of, uh, of calling while we were coming home, making uh, plane tickets from Chicago to, uh, I think he had to fly into Columbia. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I try to stay in contact with him as much as possible because 
I was worried that uh, he, he actually texted me. He goes, hey, coach, I made it into Colombia, but I, I can't get into Ecuador. Uh, they've kind of closed the border. So I was like, uh, and then about an hour later, he goes, hey, they're, they're allowing me to, because I, I guess he was, he flown into an area close to where he was at. So they allowed him into uh, Ecuador. So, you know, just making sure everybody got home, no matter if that was in Oklahoma, no matter if that was in Texas, no matter if that was in Ecuador, and, you know, even, even you know, five minutes away uh, from my commuters and stuff. But, uh, um, you know, the ideas and concepts of, of, of understanding, uh, you know, even, you know, Josh and RJ uh, got really serious uh, on those two nights. And, you know, you, you'll understand that, Sam, but uh, they, they were really concerned and, uh, it, it was good to see that they, uh, not only them, but everybody uh, was understanding and, and, you know, they asked a few questions. We answered what we could and, uh, you know, they listened to uh, the reports like we did on, uh, on newscast or read about it or whatever. So uh, we were all kind of caught off guard or uh, just had limited ideas of, of what we, we could do, but, you know, if they needed anything they knew they could call or if they needed to ride home, we'd have, found a way to get them up to Chicago to the t uh, plane or whatever we needed to do. So. Mm -hmm. you, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's kind of tough to put yourself in that situation. You want to be that strong guy, but like me, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I couldn't answer these questions these mm -hmm. guys were asking, you know? So I feel like on the way home, they, with like them understanding that possibly this would be the last bus ride they took together or whatever. I feel like the bus ride home had a better sense of like just, Familyness to it. I feel like they all started getting along. Not that we didn't get along as a team, but I think it just kind of was enhanced on that way home just because they kind of understood this is probably the last time we'll be around this group of people, you know? It was really weird because, you know, kind of like the jabbing that they do with each other yeah, and you know, give them a brief. It, it kind of mm -hmm. eased up a little. Yeah, it kind of mm -hmm. eased up a little, and they, they were more serious about um, the ideas and the facts of, uh, of uh, that. And, you know, they still had, they were still joking, but there was a just a, a little. A uh, little more calmness to their joking instead of uh, you know you know it was kind of a, a wry huh well that was supposed to be funny but we we better just yeah just a little laugh at that time but they, they did a tremendous job and I was really proud of uh, of, of how they uh, handled uh, really the last uh, 48 to 72 hours uh, within that range of of, of realizing whatever's going to take place but. I didn't imagine it'd be what it what what it ended up being. Honestly, I really didn't. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty crazy moment because like you know I uh I uh, texted my uh, my brother Tony here and I was like texting him all of my March Madness picks and the brackets and the and mm -hmm. and my picks like uh, uh you, you took wrestling. Illinois didn't you you took <laughs> Illinois to win it yeah didn't you <laughs> no. did they even make it in. <laughs> <laughs> and kid. I texted him like my wrestling picks too and you know each weight class and then the basketball tournament and then I was seeing that like games were like being stopped before like with the players on the court and they were being stopped so I was like gosh dang I guess yeah. mm -hmm. pretty serious because I that's how I make some of my money my money is uh betting on sports because <laughs> um <laughs> sure. dra dra yeah draft this DraftKings app that just yeah. came out, yeah, they – I don't think Illinois has it yet, but we can online gamble in PA. And I was – I made a pretty good amount of money, and I was betting on um, the March Madness games. And I think it was Creighton, I don't even remember, but I bet on them like a pretty good amount of money. And then they stopped it at halftime, and I was so upset. I was like, oh, I just lost out on this money. I mean, luckily they gave me my original bet back, but it was just – it was upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, I, I didn't – 
also <laughs> bet on some fights too. Yeah, yeah, that's how I make some money is betting on fights. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't have a chance to uh, you know, uh, Sam and uh, Jordan, you know, for Penn State to win their uh, national championship this year as a team. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, if it came down to it, I would have favored Penn State, but Iowa, it's just so hard to. It was it was going to be. You got to take a side. You can't be here. It's either yeah. Penn State or Iowa. It's it's not one or better. You just got to suck it up. I had I had there Iowa. is no fifty fifty. I had yeah. Iowa. I it, it would have been it. good. It would have been good. It would have been, been really fun good. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It would. But I, I just have a little uh, little likeness for Penn State. So nothing against Iowa because they have a great yeah. wrestling How do you program like too. Penn State. Why? Yeah. Um. You know, uh, I like. Um, you're going to find this really crazy, but growing up, I rooted for coaches more than I rooted for teams, so if that makes any Joe sense. Paterno? So, yeah, I, I, I was uh, definitely a, a, a big Joe Paterno fan. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really liked Bobby Knight. So, you know, I rooted for Indiana in basketball when I was growing up. Um, you know, certain coaches, you know, I'm a big Steeler fan, so they're within that, uh, that range. And I know, I, I know, I know. <laughs> it's what, what, I don't do a Raider fan, right? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I guess it's better than a Bill fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I can't stand the uh, Bill's Mafia. And then Tony here is a Dolphins fan, so it's the uh, Bill's yeah. rival. Well, it, my wife like him. He, my wife was a huge Dan Marino fan. So uh, really? maybe not a Dolphin fan, but yeah. just a huge Marino fan. We have a we have a poster of Dan, a full size right. poster somewhere around here. Dan your Marino. Office, oh yeah, it is in her office. You're right. It is in her <laughs> office. <laughs> Thanks, Colton. Yeah. So yeah, my wife liked uh, liked the uh, when Marino was there. He he really liked it. Uh, liked the uh, the Dolphins, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. That'd been a great uh, NCAA tournament because I think there could have been some. Uh, definite positive uh, uh, upsets uh, in those uh, championship rounds. And, uh, you know, somebody was going to shock you. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it happens every NCAA tournament, too. Like, somebody just it's, – it is, it's their day and time, and, man, uh, it just shines. So, yeah, I was bummed once they both were – well, both March Madness oh, yeah. and uh, March yeah. Madness were both canceled for sure. Well, I got my buddy a couple of years ago to uh, um, watch the NCAA National Championship Finals. It was probably, what, three years ago. So it was when, uh, uh, I can think when I. Martinez got beat. Um, yeah. So that three uh, years ago? Ben, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I he got upset. Yeah, it was three years ago, I think. So mm-hmm. we were at his shop, and he kind of like, what are we watching? I'm like, hey, we're watching the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Goes what? And I go the finals. This is going to be. I go. You watch these. Watch these guys. And he he yeah. got into it. So and not much of a wrestling fan. And you know it's and and people don't realize it, it's tough not understanding wrestling. Uh, how you can not get it, but you know being a wrestler in high school uh, made a big difference in 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 me watching it. I I, I really I. It, wrestling was the best sport I ever participated in in my life. And and I'm a baseball coach and I played baseball in college for four years and growing up. But the three years that I, I wrestled really taught me a lot about myself and uh, you don't realize how, how, how you're out there by yourself. There ain't, there, mm-hmm. there's nobody else that's going to help you. And uh, it, it taught me a lot about myself and uh, you know, you're either the prey or, or you're going to make somebody to pray. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it was, uh, it was fun when you won and it was tough when you lost, but uh you know, great sport, and uh, I just – I really enjoy watching it and uh, talking about it with uh, the guys and even uh, taking some of them in the wrestling room and uh, 
they think they're, they're they think that they think they can still take Coach Thomas. Then a lot of jobs hit the floor. A lot of, yeah, a lot of losses. <laughs> I don't know if I've lost. Yeah, and uh, you know, really, Coach Thomas, how do you think uh, wrestling like has made you like a better baseball coach? Um, uh, I'll tell you what, um, the focus, because, you know, you know, they don't understand it's move after move after move after move, you know, you counter, you, 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 you're on offensive, you counter defensively, you go back to the offense, you try to figure out the, and I think that really helped me, but, uh, it really taught me a lot about me as an individual more so than ever. Um, because baseball, in my opinion, is a team sport with or as an individual sport with with the the team atmosphere because i can only play one position at a time and and uh, you know uh, i can help my teammates out by you know if i'm that shortstop and and, and make a play uh that maybe the third baseman missed on a backhand or an up the middle play or a fly ball that the center fielder or the center fielder left fielder loses i go back and i take control and i make that play you can make up but I believe baseball is a lot individual sport and uh, you can only hit for yourself. Coach can take the bat out of your hands mm-hmm. with no questions by sacrificing, by, you know, hit and running by, you know, whatever that is. But, but, but other than that, you're up there on your own. Um, ideas. So I, I think baseball and, and wrestling, but wrestling really taught me a lot about myself individually of uh, how mentally strong, how physically strong, how, but that mental aspect, uh, because, you know, again, baseball is a game of failure. People don't realize that. I mean, you go three for 10 and you're, 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 you're a stud in professional baseball, um, you know, and uh, you failed seven out of 10 times. And that, that's, that, that, that's mentally mm-hmm. draining. And so yeah. I think mental aspect with the wrestling uh, concept made me uh, a better coach with no questions. But uh, the grittiness, the, the toughness, the, uh, uh, the will to want to wanna win, fight, and, uh, you know, that, that all came into play, uh, especially on the baseball field. But uh, it's a lonely world out there if you're, you're not very good. <laughs> yeah. True. That's funny of uh, uh, how you brought up that point of view of like batting 300, but failing seven out of 10 times. Like, I guess I've never seen it uh, that way. Yeah. yeah. I got a question for you, Sam. I got a real, a real funny question for you. <laughs> you know, those, those poles that are down the line, those yellow ones. Yep. What are those called? I've always called them ball poles. They're fair poles because if they fair hit them, poles. it's a fair ball. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not foul poles they're fair yeah, poles. they're fair poles <laughs> if they hit it it's a fair ball yeah, so i call i call true. them fair poles <laughs> your pizza yeah. here huh no my brother your pizza here no uh colton's uh brother's calling him um, oh i thought so maybe your girlfriend pole. was called you yeah. you told your mom and dad I... about your girlfriend yet uh-huh. uh-oh they're listening <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> what were you gonna say tone uh, I... my girlfriend just called me I didn't answer, obviously. And then she texted me and said, I have a flat tire. And I'm like, uh-oh, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> I was like, you better figure it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, where is Abby stuck at? She was just in town, but her whole family's here, so they can do it. Yeah, so now I'm going to I'm gonna hit the uh, the uh, both of y'all since, since Colton's gone now. So I'm going to hit both Tonys. So a double duo Tony speed round. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, hold up. My dog's barking. Can't you hear Rudy? Yeah, I can hear Rudy. Hey, Bridget. (laughs) (laughs) She just walked behind the screen. Are y'all ready for the speed round? If I can. Remember, I got a slow mind because I'm old. So, hey, listen. I'll ask a question. My brother answers first and then you, okay? Okay. Okay. 
Who is the best coach in sports? Oh in all of sports? And, yep. um, I'd say, yeah, I'd have to go with good old Bill Belichick. Yeah. Just uh, he wins too much. It's just, yeah. that's it. No matter what he has, he wins. He doesn't have these good wide – I mean, you can't say good, but, you know, I guess in football when you have some small white slot wide receivers and you're winning the game. Yeah. Kind of coach Thomas? Chuck Knoll. He won four uh, Super Bowls. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steeler coach? Yeah. Yeah. Are you All talking right. present or current? Uh, Both is good. Yeah. Either <laughs> past, <laughs> present, future. Bill, 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 Bill Belichick's definitely up there with no, with no questions. Yeah. yeah. Who's your favorite best wrestling athlete? coach? Best wrestling coach is Cal by far. Oh yeah, uh, Dave yeah, Clem. Was, huh? Dave Clem. Yeah. Dave Which, Clem. Uh, Daryl Daryl Thomas. Yeah. Now who's at now at Campbell? Campbell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The uh, the uh, Camels. The, those I guys have, taught me a lot. Those guys taught me a lot in my life. Yeah, I have heard a lot of uh, good things about Coach Clem and Coach Thomas, Daryl Thomas, and you, obviously. <laughs> so, brother Tony, favorite athlete, and why? Mm, favorite athlete I don't really watch much professional sports anymore just because I think it's not what it used to be but I, I just like fighting and I'm gonna go with Justin Gaethje I like Gaethje a lot I think he's a good person and he is just a great fighter very like his nickname is highlight he just has so many highlights <laughs> Coach Thomas you know, I, I could go many different ways, but I'm going to go baseball with this a uh, little older school, but uh, Cal Ripken Jr. Um, Cal Ripken Jr. was one of my favorite uh, athletes growing up when I was younger. Um, uh, great guy, uh, good ball player, uh, team leader, um, seemed to, uh, you know, be, be uh, you know, um, Derek Jeter could be there. I know you're a big Yankee fan, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the, the captain would be. But Cal uh, Ripken definitely was uh, one of my all-time, if not my favorite uh, athlete yeah. of all time. And, uh, you know, uh, how many consecutive games did Cal play? It was something you know, crazy. I've got it upstairs, but, yeah, yeah. it's way yeah, it's way. Yeah, up it's. Um, I you think know, you, you would think I would know, but I could go on the Google stat right now. No, there, there, there's to. no. Uh, yeah, I'm. I don't even want to guess. Twenty-four seventy-eight. I don't know something like that. It might yeah. even be higher. Than if that. I think of um, athletic records, that that has got to be in the in the top. I, I, you, you can never say it, it, it's not going to be broken, but I would probably, you know. <laughs> go to uh, my grave when I turn 105 um, and uh, place, place a $10 bet that goes forever. Yeah. 2,632. Yeah. According it to my up there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's something. It, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Last um, all-star so. game. It's a home run to begin the game. Yes. Yeah. I do re remember uh, yeah. watching those highlights. Well, I mean, I, didn't watch it live with the highlights. Um, so, favorite movie, Tony? Favorite movie? Oh, sorry. You want to go? go? Uh, no, because um, okay. I've got I've to really think about that. Because Yeah, it's so hard to pick a favorite movie. Um, I like Legends of the Fall. That is a really good movie. Um, I'll, I'll name off a couple. I like Godfather Part 1 and 2. Um, what else? I like Robert De Niro, Deer Hunter, Taxi Driver. And um, what else? I'll, I'll leave it at that. Those are some good movies that people should watch. <laughs> Legend of the Fall, great movie, though. People should watch that one. It's just so uh, – it's just perfect. 
<laughs> um, you know, I, I didn't really watch too many movies. It was a lot of athletic events, but uh, you're going to laugh at this one, but Fast Times at Ridgemont. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of uh, uh, Spicoli and all those guys. Yeah, it was uh, just you know back in the day and stuff Is like that. that. Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Yes, yeah. it was. It was Sean and, Penn. Uh, that, that shows my age right there. But uh, yeah, I, I watched it the other day for the first time. And actually, I was uh, right before this. I missed the last uh, um, last half hour. But I was watching straight out of Compton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just watching the end of that, and I I missed the last half hour. You know, I've seen it before, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, I was watching that. So my favorite movie this is going to throw a lot of people off. They've probably <laughs> never even heard of it. Um, it's a movie called secondhand lions. It was oh, like yeah. one of the first movies I remember watching as a kid and it was just had such a good story to it. And then the way it tied everything in at the end, it was just fantastic. This is amazing because our third episode with coach Jordan Bakley from Lincoln college said secondhand lions. Shut up. Yes. Who, I who, swear. who? I swear. Who? Jordan, Jordan Bakley. Uh, who's that? Uh, so, yeah, but he literally said secondhand lines. That's that's uh, that's pretty wild. That's funny. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, pretty crazy. So, uh, Tony, your your favorite sport? Mine. Uh, it's, it, oh, or, which one? Which one? Yeah, Brother me. Yeah. Fight. I'm, I like MMA personally. Yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, and I'm sure the uh, both of y'all's is baseball. Um, yeah, my, I, I, I really like college football, but ba- baseball would be my all-time sport, yeah. Yeah, and depending on certain people's views, um, hunting is a favorite of mine as well. Yeah. Yeah, which is a sport, yeah, for sure. So, uh, my You're not going to ask me my favorite baseball movie? Well, yeah, there, there is so many. I would probably yeah, there's say – there's a lot. What would you say? Sandlot. Sandlot. I would say the rookie with – Dennis Quaid, yeah. is it? Yeah, Dennis Quaid. That's that's my second favorite. But uh, I, I, you got to think, man. He, uh, Augie Garrido was in his movie. Um, the University of Texas coach. He was the Yankee uh, manager. So, for the love of the game, is my favorite. Uh, really? I don't oh, know. Yeah, that's I, a good I just, movie because I think it goes into deep understanding of. Uh, yeah. It gives you the feel of what it feels like to be in mm-hmm. in that situation, but yet until you've been on that mound, you really don't understand what it's like to yeah. throw a fastball down the middle and mm. nobody hit it for how many outs and stuff. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's just one of those that I, I like. I mean, there's a lot of them, but uh, I, I, that just as a coach, I, for the love of the game, was my favorite. All right. I got a tough one here for the speed round. Who's the best hitter in baseball, starting with Colton? Current or all-time? Actually, both. All-time, Tony Gwynn. Okay. Current, Mike Trout. Tony, my brother? Um, right now, ah, oh, man, I just, I don't watch too much right now. Um, I agree, Mike Trout. I'd have to say Mike Trout. Yeah. Coach Thomas? I guess if you have to put money on it, you, uh, you would say, um, uh, Mike Trout, but, uh, I'm going to have to give a plug to Kevin Kiermaier because he was in our conference at one time in 2010 over at Parkland and he, uh, he used to come after baseball games and play catch with my son, who was, uh, what, uh, 8 and 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, however Ryan was at that time. But that, that's just a shout-out to him. But, uh, yeah, uh, Mike Trout. But o- overall, uh, people just don't realize how how good of a hitter uh, Willie McGee was uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. He, he had uh, a couple batting titles, and uh, 
I, I really, he's my favorite Cardinal, so I'm going to do him. But uh, uh, also uh, Pete Rose. Pete Rose was uh, yeah. one of the best mm-hmm. hitters, uh, you know, holds the most hits. But uh, Tony Gwynn was uh, one of the best with no questions. See, with, yeah. with me watching the uh, postseason last fall in baseball, um, I'm going to say Anthony Rendon uh, for the Nationals. I, there is something about his, his swing, man. I, I think he hits uh, the ball. Huh? He hits the ball. Uh, well, I mean, it's not just that. Hey, listen. That, that's a good ass. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could have said Aaron Judge, who I wanted to. Yeah, Who's that? <laughs> so funny, funny baseball story talking wait, about. Wait, you have to be healthy to hit a baseball. <laughs> when he when he is, he hits it 500. <laughs> but but if Rendon played 172 games and you only played 56 games, you better take Rendon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a funny story for today, and it's funny that Sammy asked me to do the podcast with a couple baseball players. I'm sure you guys playing baseball know Randy Johnson hit a bird. Yep. Pretty pretty crazy. So today, I was golf. Oh, here we got the dog. I think I was- nuts. The other dogs outside. He doesn't like it. <laughs> no, Rudy. I'll wait, I'll wait. It's all good. Come here. Leave him alone. Our other dog's outside, so he goes crazy. Sorry. Oh, you're all right. Bridget, Bridget, can you get – yes, I'm live. Sorry, I just just saw that. So today I was golfing with my girlfriend, and last hole we do, I hit my drive onto the fairway. My next shot, golf – I mean, I kind of shanked a little. It was like a line drive, hit a bird out of midair. Thing starts flopping on the fairway. I sent a picture to Sammy on Snapchat. And I was like, did I just hit a bird? <laughs> and first thing I thought of 100% was Randy Johnson <laughs> demolishing a bird. The chances that happen has to be so. Wow. So, oh, yeah. That, that, yeah. Would, that would I be. I see the bird flopping, and I go up. And obviously, I poked it with my club, and it was dead. <laughs> and I'm like, I felt a little bad, but, you know. Hope it wasn't a state bird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um, crazy things that don't happen very often. I saw a video of some little game about eight or ten. You maybe I don't know. They're pitching to each other. Kid throws a ball. You hear heads up. You know, fields right next to each other. Foul ball comes into play. Kid hits both of them at the same time. Oh, uh, hit the foul ball and the pitch really? thrown at him. Oh, I did just see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I saw that. Hey, that's funny. Uh, Sam, you have to now. Now, uh. Colton had that idea of how we met for the first time. Listen to this story. I'll let Colton uh, explain how we met for the first time. He wasn't my assistant. He was a player, but listen to this story. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was not Tony's assistant. I was just some shithead that played for Spoon River still. Uh, it was a at the time, I agree. Sophomore year, and our dugouts at Lincoln were open. We have fences now. Open fronts, and they're kind of, I wouldn't say super close to the field, but you had to watch out for foul balls. Um, and we had a kid, Jimmy Gillum, was – a right-handed hitter who was hitting, and we had a left-handed DH, John Hollingsworth. I'll never forget this situation. And I was sitting at the end of the bench talking to my best friend who was playing with us at the time. He was pitching. I was catching. We just got three outs. And John's on deck, taking his swings, getting his timing down, you know, like nothing's happening. I couldn't tell you who was pitching for Tony, but a couple pitches into the bat, Jimmy fouls one straight off the end of his bat. Like, I'm talking the end cap somehow he hit it. And it goes over, and John's a lefty, so he's facing the plate open. And it hits this kid directly oh. in his mouth, nose, oh, eye. Man. Like, he had to get plastic surgery right here. It knocked him out cold, folded him like a damn lawn chair. 
<laughs> so it did. I was on the fire department back home at the time. I was a volunteer firefighter for five years. So I was like, oh, shit, he's out. So I run over there thinking I'm going to help. And then here comes this guy I'd never met before. And he says, get the fuck out of the way. And I was like, <laughs> and I stand up and in my head. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And then he calls the, the trainer over and they actually do more good than I would have ever done. That there's no questions. I, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to be a, a, a jerk by any means, but uh, you know, they had a coach that, that was a little, a little older. And as wow. soon as it hit, I mean, I'm out of our, we're in a third base dugout. I, I go flying over there and he drops like a, a you know, like a sack of potatoes. I mean, it, it, it hit him flush right underneath Ooh. the nose. Um, <laughs> And and he got knocked out, but I, I didn't want the responsibility of uh, of Colton to have something. If and I understand what he was trying to do at that time. Uh, our president was actually out there, and you know uh, somebody's calling nine one. Then all of a sudden, uh, this lady comes from outside the fence, and she was a nurse. But yeah, he was out, and uh, uh, you know no no harm uh, towards Colton. But uh, you know after I I thought about it, I'm like you know what the kid probably thinks I'm the biggest uh, uh, idiot. But you know I think he understands <laughs> what I was trying yeah. to do in that situation. But yeah. uh, you know it, it's tough to put a a kid in that responsibility, and I didn't want to. And our trainer was uh, a little slow and reacting and getting over there and I'm yeah. I'm yelling at him get over here get over here get over here and you know our president's like hey where's our trainer I'm like he's there he goes can he run I'm like nope that's the <laughs> speed right there so uh but yeah Colton it, it was true I probably did uh no offense to him at that time but uh it was a pretty severe situation and uh you know, I'm glad he was there that, for that uh, young man. That but, kid got um, plastic surgery, huh? Yeah. So we. Yeah. Well, actually, the next day, the next day we had to go to their place, and he was there, had stitches, and 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 I got to explain, he had a little cut right here, so he looked like he had a little mustache right there, just a a little bitty one. Um, broken, went through his. Leg. Yeah, tooth Ooh. broke through, but he uh, <laughs> Good. he he was a trooper. He was there the next day. I went and asked him how he was, and uh, you know, he was walking and uh, uh, tremendous. I. There's no way I'd have lost five teeth, and uh, <laughs> but you know if it's if it's up another inch and a half, he he probably loses an eye. Uh, if it's down a little, he hits him in his throat. Who knows yeah. what happens there? But uh, you know, yeah. it was but that was the first time we really met uh, as uh, as individuals in life. So it's a small world, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, a funny story. Sorry, I got a funny story off of getting hurt now. <laughs> Um, in the Edinburgh, I don't know if you were there, Sam, you might've been in the Edinburgh wrestling room. Uh, my good buddy, Tyler Bath, he wrestles Edinburgh. He still does. He's a tough kid, PA state, um, runner up, um, in practice 30, you know, whatever, 30 kids. He, <laughs> he ends up, I don't know how he breaks his arm. So his like arm is out, is out, his elbows out and he's just laying on the mat and like coaches are like, Keep wrestling. Don't stop. <laughs> Dude, this is laying in the middle of the wrestling room with a broken arm screaming. And um, we're just and then all of a sudden we start jogging. We're just hopping over the kid like he's a hurdle. <laughs> Dude, it was it was one of the most like kind of crazy things. Like, why are we still wrestling right now? <laughs> and our assistant coach, he's like, instead of getting the trainer, he gets his phone. He's like, I'm taking a picture. He's, he takes us a picture of it. <laughs> and then eventually, you know, we get the trainer and stuff, but oh, God. just yeah, kind of like, uh, funny, funny story of uh, Tyler is a tough kid too. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I have, I have ever heard that story of really? before. Yeah, you must not. I was right next to him too, and you just hear like a, you know, whatever crunch or pop or whatever it is, and I'm like, 
I'm like about to throw up in my mouth. Well, and, uh, it was just you, funny how he kept wrestling. You actually snapped your arm in what? Eighth grade. Yeah, I think it was eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wrestling at home. R- wrestling? Yep, wrestling. Yeah. My yeah, I, uh, buddy who we were practicing with, Matt returned me. I posted my arm and it just popped out. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, broke, I, broke, my, I broke my arm my junior year in a match. Yeah. In oh, high really? school. Oh, yes. Yeah. And the funny story about that is about six years ago, I'm up at Thornton's, our uh, gas station, and uh, this kid's in front of me. And I hadn't seen him in, you know, 25 years, 20 years. And I look at him and I said, is your name so-and-so? He goes, yeah. And I said, hey, Tony Tons. He goes, how's your arm? <laughs> because he was a senior and I was a junior, so wow. I never saw him again. Yeah, and uh, it, it was pretty funny. He goes, man, I got to go tell my dad I saw you. He was so worried about you and stuff. <laughs> It worked out. It's still broken, man. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, still. Still hurts. I still (laughs) have a problem. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've never broken anything. So, I mean, you know, how does the arms feel now? Like both Tonys? Like sore? I lost range of motion. This one I can touch my shoulder. This one I can't. I have to push a little. It doesn't hurt ever. It feels good. How about you, Coach? Um. Sorry, I got I got a uh, actually got a scout that's texting me right now from the Phillies asking me to go watch somebody uh, throw this weekend for him. So I'm wow. kind of reading that. Um, uh, but um, uh, no, I, I don't. I you know I don't know when rain's coming. I don't know if it's going to snow. That, that there's no there, there's none of that. I mean, uh, I, I think I can hear a radio though. No, um, but uh, no, uh, it, it wasn't bad. Um, see, mine happened uh, towards the end of the year, so I was nervous I was going to miss baseball. And that really bothered me. Um, and going into my senior year, I wasn't going to wrestle my senior year uh, because I wanted to make sure I didn't get hurt for uh, college baseball. And yeah. uh, so my uh, probably another factor of why I'm coaching is my high school baseball coach. Uh, he called me down uh, to his office when he heard I wasn't going to wrestle uh, probably maybe a month to a month and a half into school year, my senior year. And uh, he pretty much looked at me and said, if you don't wrestle, you don't play baseball. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, I'm, I'm all region. I'm all conference. You're not going to do that to me. You know, a little, little cockiness on the shoulder and you know, a little chip there. And he goes, I'm telling you, if you don't wrestle, I, you won't play baseball this year for me. And uh, I, I wrestled and we got fourth in the state as a team. So um, he, he was a big factor in that. But uh, no, it, it's good now. I mean, uh, you know, and, and people don't know this, uh, Sam, as, 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 as Colton, all, I'm in by dexterous. I can throw equally well with both hands. So I can, throw batting, that's impressive. I can yeah. throw batting practice both-handed, left-handed, right-handed. So, you know, I, I haven't in a long time, but, uh, you know, I can still play catch. And Col- Colton's going to laugh. But normally in a baseball game, if I get a foul ball, I, I pick it up and put it in my back pocket instead of throwing to the official or throw to the dugout. Because no matter what, usually within three or four pitches, I get another foul ball hit down the third baseline right. to me. Oh, it, yeah. It, it's really it's, – it's kind of it, – it's wild. Um, so, I – and he, he – he, all right, he doesn't like our next – does he? Does he, he doesn't like our next-door neighbor dog. But um, I'll throw – I'll yell at the catcher, and I'll throw one right-handed, then I'll throw one back left-handed. And he'll, the, the whole team will, like, look at me like I'm just – an alien. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you hit? Do you hit both sides? Um, no, I I, no. I hit right-handed. But okay. um, I, when I was young, I grew up. I, I I really was should have been a lefty, but my dad knew I was going to be kind of small, and uh, he he made me throw right-handed because mm-hmm. you know as a lefty you have really a spot for three spots: first base, pitching, and maybe the outfield. 
Um, and uh, so um, he made me throw right-handed and, and, and I just, uh, when my right arm got tired, I threw left-handed, but predominantly uh, threw right-handed. That was my strongest. That is, that is wicked impressive. And honestly, I don't think I have ever seen that. I mean, obviously I have heard of switch hitters, but like switch arms. Uh, That'd be funny as a pitcher. Like, he has like a right-handed battery. Well, you're supposed to pitch the right arm if you're it's a right-handed batter, right? That that would be that would be as a pitcher, yes, yeah. to your advantage. That'd be yes. funny if he switched every batter left, right. <laughs> well, uh, there, there 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 are there are there's one kid uh, that played at Creighton uh, that uh, Benedetti I think was his last name, but he he's ambidextrous. But now you have to uh, um, you have to you have to finish. Uh, you have to indicate which way you're going hmm. first, and then you have to huh. uh, finish with that hitter there. Yeah. Because there was a minor league game a couple yeah. years ago where a switch hitter and an amb- yeah. ambidextrous – It was Benedetti. Uh, so they were like switching. Mound, yep. And he went in the left-handed batter's box. Yep. So he put his glove on the other hand. Batter stepped back <laughs> the other box. He stepped off, switched. That's up. funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a yeah. good one. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so – before I get into the uh, last segment and 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 my main last question uh, for all three of you, I'll just ask my brother Tony if, like, you know, if he has any other questions for Colton or Coach Thomas. I mean, I could talk all day, to be honest. Same. Yes, on, so could I. <laughs> yes, both both Tonys could. That's for sure. So uh, obviously, this um, podcast has a limit. Unless what are we at right now? Does it say? Uh, at about eighty. 85 minutes, so I, I like to stick in, like in between 60 and like 100 minutes. I like the Rogans out yeah. to two and a half hour, three hour. <laughs> yeah, after doing some research, uh, people start to kind of uh, get – Turn away. Yeah, turned away from a certain long podcast or, you know, if the podcast is too short, then like people don't find interest in it just because they don't think that, you know – really there's enough information or positive vibes from it so the last segment and i'll go from youngest to oldest with the crazy first. Times, uh, first with the crazy times happening the depressing news headlines all this stuff that should not be happening but unfortunately it is i want to end with a inspiring message for us sitting here now and for the viewers and the listeners that are going to be watching this or listening to this in a day or two. And I'll start with my brother, Tony, who will also probably be a guest or a co-host here in the future. Um, I think going off the COVID thing with the athletes, the biggest thing I've seen that, I mean, I'm not an athlete anymore. Like it didn't affect me, but I think it was John Smith, Oklahoma state wrestling coach. He said, I think it was him. I'm like 90% sure. He said to his athletes and, he said the last time there was no NCAA wrestling championship was World War II. So it's like you got to put that in perspective to where these kids are going off to fight for their lives and, you know, the freedom of America and all these other countries because you obviously know, like, Hitler, he was killing a bunch of people. And, but, and he's like, right now, he's like, you know, what do, what, what do we have? We don't have a wrestling season? Like, what's, what's the big deal? So, I, I mean, I thought that was a good message that helped me and I think helped a lot of people. Um, really put it into perspective like you were saying that it could be a lot worse for so many people and anytime you have a bad day because of COVID or anything else just think of the other people that are have it so much worse you know they 
it, anything, cancer, you know, they lose a limb in a car accident, you know, they have a mental disability, anything like that. And, you know, we're all sitting here able-bodied, able-mind, doing what we want. So I think just, you know, continue to spread the positive messages to people and just trying to help other people would be the biggest thing. But yeah. Yeah, that was uh, pretty good, Kelly. Colton? So say the question again after listening to me. Uh, you know, just share with us and the viewers a in inspiring message of may, uh, maybe, yeah, you know, really how to get through these tough times or like, uh, yeah. So like everyone else probably sat at home for a couple of days and felt scared shitless reading headlines. Oh my God, everybody's going to die and we're all going to get coronavirus and then the country, everyone's going to do this. You could sit there and do that. One thing that Bartman, my college coach, always preached to us, um, and I kind of put this in the perspective of how you handle yourself during the coronavirus, control the things that you can control, and if things are out of your control, don't worry about them because you can't affect them anyway. So, like, during this coronavirus time, I really got back to my – I went home, got a little better relationship with my dad. We never got sick. No one back home got sick. Spent a bunch of time with family that I would have been spending on the road traveling, playing baseball, you know coaching that sort of stuff so I just kind of took the good with the bad yeah we didn't have a baseball season but I got to see my family members through more time than I would have this summer so I kind of just kept that in the back of my head and stuck to myself most days and wore my mask when they told me to <laughs> yeah that's that's a pretty yeah good, uh, mm -hmm. coach Thomas a inspiring motivational message uh, for the viewers oh. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be inspiring and motivational, but I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, you know, I just think uh, as a society, we, we, we need to continue to uh, uh, understand what's going on in life. Uh, uh, understand that, uh, you know, every day that you have a chance to take a deep breath and, and live, there, there's a positive Family's very important with no questions. I think a lot of us have uh, reconnected with our family more than we've ever had an opportunity. Uh, again, not going to get into religion, not going to get into politics, but, uh, you know, um, the faith in God has uh, come back in a lot of people's lives with no questions. Uh, you know, political, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a Republican and a Democratic. I, I want the best uh, person in, in office for this country, uh, no matter who that is. Um, but but with with that speaking, we've got to continue to grow as a nation um, in, in all departments, uh, from uh, from from love to uh, this factor. Um, my, you know, my son my son grew up on the Lincoln College campus, and uh, I think I can honestly say my son uh, sees no race with no questions. He he has for his 23 years. Um, um, been a uh, very understanding gentleman about w what's taken place in society um, uh, from good and bad. But uh, I, I think for us to grow and, and continue to, uh, um, you know, some people are going to speak their voice a little, a little more than others, but uh, um, just continue to grow as a nation and, and uh, recognize uh, the positives that we really do have. Um, uh, there's things that we need to fix. There's no questions about that, but uh, continue to live your life to the best as you can as an individual. Um, continue to, 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 to support your family, your friends, uh, uh, your city, your state, your nation. And, and uh, you know, I, I think hopefully we get back to where we can shake each other's hands when we see each other in the, in the streets again and say, hey, missed you. And, uh, you know, how are things? I'm glad you're okay. 
um, but but just uh, be able to hug, shake hands, and uh, continue to uh, to grow uh, as a nation and, and uh, you know as an individual and as family. Yeah, that was a pretty good coach, and I honestly think that uh, you know my like main or one of my main reasons of doing this is to spread positive energy and positive vibes, and I think so far it has worked pretty good. And like uh, uh, having on Colton and you and my brother Tony has has definitely helped in that aspect of uh, just uh, uh, being in in inspirational people, positive people, and uh, uh, sharing your backstories and like what motivated you and, you know, these awesome messages. So I thank all three of you for uh, being on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, Tony, you uh, got anything? No, I mean, nothing that you want to end it. So we can. End it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I plan on having you on here in the future. Yeah, but, so you yeah. know, that will uh, be a thing. And I, uh, just uh, uh, want to say thanks for coming on and uh, doing this. And obviously, it was fun. And I forget who my next guest is, honestly, but I think I think it's Nathan Tomasello, who is the Ohio State Buckeye four-time All-American wrestler. So <laughs> that is going to be a good one. I think yeah. he's my next guest. But uh, yeah, Nathan Tomasello. Is this the handle NATO? Yes. Yeah. Dude, I know who that is. That dude's a monster. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, it's Nato. That's his He's a, he, he works out with Coach Myers. Yes. Yeah. Didn't he beat a Penn yeah. State guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did That's funny. It was though. Nico, right? Nico, or no? No. He, he oh, no, did he lose? Nico, yeah. Did Nico beat him? Honestly, I don't know. So I don't remember. I say. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Nato, so that's uh, pretty funny how a Colt knows that. But, uh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for coming on, and uh, hopefully I can have you all on like, maybe before baseball season starts. Hey, we'll, we'll try. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for tuning in right here. Next week, Nato. Thanks. Yep. See ya. See ya.